0: Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece, and as always, with Samantha Tradelius. Samantha, how are you?
1: We're back, bitches. We are, we are back. Okay. We took a
0: couple months off. We uh-huh. did great.
1: Pause. Yeah, yeah. and it's um, good because now we're a little tanner. We're still feisty. I'm
0: a little tanner. Look, I. I yeah, you know no, you look good like, from being outside watering plants and stuff.
1: You look good. Which is uh, so great that we have our guest today because it feels like this is a topic that we talk about a lot, especially during the summer months. Am I right?
0: Well, yes. And I I have not traveled much this summer months. Interestingly, though, I... I'm feeling very grounded in that uh, oh. because I, I well I it, it seems like everybody I know is in Europe right now and yeah. it's um, I don't know about a thousand degrees it's like the surface of the sun and every corner has 800 people on it so yeah. I actually don't know if I'd want to be in Europe but if I was there perhaps if I had a luxury travel advisor <laughs> who would help steer me away from the crowds and to the places where we can really enjoy it um that would be fantastic so starting down that path uh we have with us today angie rice who uh has a boutique travel company based in arizona angie how are you today
2: i'm doing great thanks stacy i've
0: never used a travel agent to plan a trip and it always felt like um it always felt like a luxury to me that i couldn't afford but maybe I also didn't understand the industry. And honestly, like, I'm going to take it back a little further because it seems like 20, 25 years ago, there were tons of travel agents. Like, you could go to AAA and get a travel agent. And now, it, like, it it seemed for a while it was a little bit of a dying industry. I don't even, if somebody said to me, uh, do you have a travel agent or do you know a travel agent who could help me? I actually, that's one of the few things I probably couldn't point somebody to until now.
1: Now we have Angie. Now we have Angie and we have a direction there.
0: Um, but let's, let's, uh, you know, let's start a little global, talk about the industry a little bit and then how you kind of got into it, you know, from your, you've got a financial background and shifted into a full on service company, uh, that you built up to be this huge success. So tell us a little about that.
2: Sure. Um, in my prior business i did a lot of work with different industries when you work in consulting forensic accounting you really have the opportunity to expose yourself to different industries so i was able to get some exposure in construction banking retail wholesaling and even travel and so in my prior profession i always try to when working with business owners understand why they chose the industry they chose and really what were the expertise of that business owner that made them successful in their industry i was really always passionate about travel um i traveled a lot for work and i didn't have the amount of time that i, I wanted to really invest in leisure travel taking my family on vacations because when you travel for work sometimes you prefer to be home than then on the road traveling and creating these experiences but I knew I was missing that void. My, my love for travel was just not woven into my life and I wanted to make that change. And um, I met my business partner, Janet, and, and she uh, was actually living that dream, traveling a lot with her family and my business background and sort of her experience with traveling um, with her children. When we combined those uh, energies, we were able to, to have a product, a service. And for me, I I had to sit back and say, do I want to make this a profession? Do I want to turn it into a company? Or is this something that I'm going to fit into my existing life? I chose to make it a company. And it allowed me to pursue that passion of wanting to travel. But quite frankly, my real goal when starting my business wasn't about the travel. It wasn't about the travel industry. It was about Wanting to take what I had learned working in consulting with a lot of different companies and growing myself into a director position where I was helping um, new employees uh, sort of elevate their profession in accounting and finance and business. I wanted to my mission statement was to make other women successful and using my business as a platform. serving other women primarily.
1: Which we love and we speak that same language. What I find fascinating is that you're an accounting mind doing this like outspoken work trying to serve women in different capacities because typically the accountants are more of the intros. They're not really the ones that are, you know, out there on the forefront, you know, crusading and doing things. And many of them probably wouldn't want to be in a director role just because it means you're a little bit more forward facing, which is interesting that you took that dynamic. But I also think there's something to be said about the industry of travel, because for the most part, someone that's going to be coming to you is is going to be looking for some enjoyment in their life, um, which is, you know, it's like being a florist. Right. Minus the part that you may have to do, you know, some some services or things like that. But for the majority of, of the business, you're making people smile and happy. And so that's got to feel good, too. Right.
2: Yes, it is a feel good Um, profession in the standpoint you are on the positive aspect of someone's life right like I'm not uh you know there's other occupations where you're really doing a service by helping people through difficult times whereas travel tends to be uplifting and Samantha you made a really good point about the creativity aspect of our job and and allowing us to play a part in creating these dream vacations for our our clients but the irony is you can really quickly be fooled by that. I think people enter the travel industry wanting to be a travel advisor and they're wanting to be a travel advisor because they enjoy travel, correct? Um, um, I think that's always part of the component. I think it's a very important component, but what I learned as an, as um, a travel agency owner, starting my business, both selling travel, but also trying to be on the business side of how am I gonna grow this to meet that mission of serving other people, it's really a logistics game. So it actually is married more so with my prior profession. And I wanted to get out of accounting because I felt like I had more personality than my job allowed me. I wanted to be more in an environment where I was using my communication skills. I was working closely with people. Yes, I got a lot of on-the-job training with um, with processes and procedures and elevating teams and, and saying we might have a project that needs 50 uh, accountants working on it or we might have a smaller project where we have different dynamics and it's a short deadline where you have to work with three people um, very closely so all of that experience has really helped me grow my travel business probably faster than the average uh, travel agency a lot of travel agents work independently that's really been the model since the disruption in the travel agency business it's mainly people working on a like independently. And as their business grows, they might hire a virtual assistant, but the traditional travel companies like mine is not as common today. There's a lot of existing brick and mortar travel agencies that have had a legacy. So they've been able to stay competitive and continue with a brick and mortar business. But growing an agency the way I'm growing it with employees is a lot less common. It's become more of an independent contractor type business Where you're working independently and you're working with a host agency, where I want to take my travel agency and build it as a company where there's training, there's teamwork, you have a marketing department, a sales department. So we can truly develop best practices and really elevate the travel agent so that they can be a better professional.
0: I think it's interesting that you said that, that you didn't feel like in your previous roles that, that you, you didn't have that flexibility for your personality. You didn't, you weren't serving your personality. And I feel like so many women, when they are looking at reasons to change jobs, it's either financial or I can't advance any further or, um, you know, I, I, my skill sets serve better over here, but I don't actually hear about people sort of looking inward and what what would feed my soul what would really feed my personality and be able to grow in that arena so uh, what was the thought process i mean i you you're as samantha said accountants usually introverted and you're obviously very extroverted very service oriented want to um want to train and bring people along and, and um, coming from such a great position where you can cherry pick all of these sort of best practices and put them together into one. But at what point did your mind kind of go, this no longer serves my personality?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I figured that out pretty quickly, actually, maybe two, three years into my profession, but I still enjoyed the work. And because I was happy with the work and I was afforded the opportunity to work with some incredible mentors. So finding a mentor was, a uh, some of it was luck, but I also felt that without those mentors, I wouldn't have been able to have navigated consulting and accounting for as long as I did. I knew I had good employers and I even had one employer that helped me launch my own consulting firm for a while. So I was independent running my own uh, business consulting firm. And I was able to do that because I was in a very well-supported environment. And I stayed in consulting because I had so many things working. But then I started to recognize that I worked a lot. I've always been someone who enjoys working, that there was that void because I wasn't able to express myself um, in a way that was fun, eclectic, creative, because the business consulting I did had such a level of seriousness to it. Yeah. I did. Nobody's wanting to. No hey, one wants a fun time when you're coming no, to them with no. their forensic accounting and they're they're having to
1: divulge all their secrets, right?
2: Yes. It, it was sexy at first because you got to be involved in all these uh, white collar crimes and yeah. I got to be able to expose myself to working with large uh, publicly traded companies. I also got to work with smaller, you know, partnerships in dispute and business valuations, but I started to recognize that I wanted to have more fun. As part of my day-to-day uh responsibilities. white
0: well, collar crimes don't strike me as fun.
2: Yeah.
1: But here's <laughs> what is fun is like you decided to make a change in your career, you know, after you've gone through the education, you've gone through all the oops to get to this space that you're like, I made it. And then you're like, okay. I-, I can never
2: take that CPA exam ever again. Right.
1: Like, like most people would, would get to that level and say, okay, like, this is what I want to do. This is my life's path. And yeah, maybe it's not exactly what I want, but it's the direction I'm going. But you decided I'm going to take this and go a different direction and make it fun and make it exciting. So one of the things I loved when I was doing some research on you was, was your Instagram page, which I might add has 45,000 followers, which I mean, in the Instagram world, that's a big deal, Right. And that probably didn't come you know, without a little bit of work there. So that's, that's a very cool thing, but it's fun and it's exciting. And it's really, I don't know what it is about looking at pictures of other places in the world that just makes, it just it takes you to that immediate space of like, gosh, I want to go there, or I wish I could get there, or how do I get there? And so creating that um, kind of visual vision board for people, I think. It's kind of, it's very cool. And I really just, from a viewer, enjoyed it.
2: Oh, thank you. You're absolutely right about vision boards. I mean, my family, I have my husband and my two boys. We do a vision board at the start of every year. And I think that every business needs to have the concept of a, a vision board. And I think social media has really allowed us, and it almost forces you to have that. Because if you don't have that social proof, you might have people finding out about you your brand but they're not going to just stop there they're going to want to do some self-discovery to determine does this brand align well with me and that's where our social media and our website come into play um i think what's interesting you brought up a really good point about our instagram and followers obviously the algorithms have changed tremendously it's a whole different ball game in terms of getting uh followers and My business model is now is really about recognizing what I can and can, cannot do or don't want to do. As a business owner, I want to be honest, like you have to equally evaluate what you want to do and what you don't want to do to make your business successful. I personally do not want to spend time on social media. It doesn't elevate me as a professional. It's not where I want to spend my time. You know, I, I'm a little bit more about the business and my off time. I want to spend it with my children, with my family. So to me, I have to disconnect from social media. But I recognize it's very important to my brand and it's very important to elevating my team. Mm-hmm. So I have to find and, and one of the things that I evaluate with my team and I have to do this for myself is that each of them have different skill sets, strengths and weaknesses. And I have to gravitate those that can help build our social media. Those that like to put themselves out there, some people are more private. I don't think that we, we have to recognize, we're kind of going back to the personality, right? Like your personality might be open-minded about social media. So whereas someone else might want to work more closely. We're a
1: huge with- fan of putting people in the right positions of success. I mean, that's once you master that as a business owner, you, you're going to be moving forward because if you got the wrong person in the wrong job, you know, nobody's going to be happy. Um, moving back into the travel part of what you do, I mean, Stacy and I just went on a big European adventure. I can't believe it's been a year already—almost oh a year. Which so is we did, you know. we did Paris, Portugal, and uh, in Spain. We did a whole a whole bit, but I yeah. had never been to Europe in that side. And for me, it was totally overwhelming just as like a person who was like wanting to have this crazy experience. Now, Stacy is a little bit more seasoned with travel than I am. So she was, she was a good, a good travel agent, but what I was finding was had I not had her, like somebody like you coming into my world would be great because when you're online and you're like Googling and looking at different, you know, blogs and all these things, it's super overwhelming.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And i I feel that the service that we provide really does help people like you, Samantha, who's a little bit inexperienced with travel and really needs somebody to help them make those decisions. So there's a little bit of a fear factor of, am I making the right decision? Am I spending the right amount of time in Portugal versus Spain versus, um, you know, adding different elements of do i want city time do i want time in more of a village or a town and how do i get there as far as flights and and make, making sure that you manage the trip so it's successful you know obviously when you travel to overseas you're on that red eye so your first arrival day you kind of have to adjust and i think sometimes we see travelers that create that level of overwhelm and they miss out on the overall experience because it's a rat race when they're traveling so we really look at the individuals and try to create an avatar for that for our clients so that we know, is this someone that's seasoned? Are they experienced? Is this for somebody who's so active that they're gonna be go, go, go versus somebody that wants to incorporate a little bit of relaxation into their vacation. So we work with, I would say 50% of our clients when they first work with us, probably have never worked with a travel agency. Like you said, it is a newer concept. The other half, on the other hand, are very, very seasoned travelers that probably know certain destinations better than some of our advisors do, but they're looking for our knowledge. They're looking for our expertise. They're looking for our relationships. We we travel a lot. In fact, that's a big requirement when we recruit is that we hire people that are well-traveled and we participate in what they call familiarization trips. So our partners host us and we also expend dollars, company dollars on travel. And then we build destination niches so each of my employees has to have one or two destination specialties so they learn that destination, so they're a, a more qualified expert so if you're looking to hire. An, a travel advisor, you really want to ask those types of questions how well do you know the destinations where I want to travel and then it's the type of travel. So are you a cruiser? Do you like land? Are you active and do you want something that's a little bit more adventurous? Or are you more budget-minded versus are you truly a luxury traveler? You know, We're not gonna assign a luxury traveler to a new travel advisor that's used to putting together budget itineraries. And in fact, we even have a different job title for our different advisors. We have travel advisors and we recently launched a travel coaching program. And that is meant to help people that are a little bit more on a budget But not necessarily. It could be a luxury traveler, because what we noticed is not everybody is willing to let go of the control. They're self-bookers. It's the difference between I don't like to clean my house. I want to have a cleaning lady, but my husband loves to cook. So we tend to do our own cooking. However, we have someone coming into our house, helping us with with cleaning and, and laundry. So same with travel. Some people appreciate planning their own trips, but they still need some advice. They still need guidance, so our travel coaching program allows you're really, clients.
0: You're really yeah. bridging the whole the whole um, gamut of whether somebody wants it all done for them or budget. Because I would think budget travels would be like, "Oh, travel agents aren't for me. I need to, you know, I'm doing this on a budget. I can't, I can't go to a travel agent." But that isn't the case with you.
2: No, we really. What I noticed is, well, one of my missions is that I build a travel community. And to build that successfully, I need to be able to build an agency that can support all different types of travelers. Of course, financially, you would probably be more profitable if you were just servicing that luxury market. But to me, I wanna be able to create a service that can support not only people who are low budget travelers, but also people that don't even hire us as an agency, but instead they use our blog and our social media to guide them to plan their own travels. So I really want to be able to be, to be a resource for people that want to be inspired to travel. But I also
1: think that that mindset's brilliant because it's, it's you know, the the marathon, not the sprint. Is that what they say? Because you what you can do is you could reel them in and maybe they do use you for some, you know, lower end travel. And then maybe they get married and they need the big honeymoon or they yes. need that big, you know, I'm turning 50 moment. And so being that person that you you know, have kind of set the precedence, like, and you've got the online presence and, you know, you're constantly in their head when it comes to travel. I think that's kind of a good mindset. Um, yes. I used a travel agent when I got married we had a honeymoon and it was like, great. Like it was, we don't have to do anything. We just showed up and it was like, this is fantastic versus, you know, trying to plan your own vacation and you don't know where to go. And so I do think there's like an in-between, not every vacation has to be this luxurious over-the-top moment. But it would be nice to have somebody know where to go, what activities to participate in, what hotels are great, what areas are safe, what to stay away from. I mean, those are all the things that your team is really
2: skilled in. Yeah. I mean, for example, I have a client that loves to plan their own travel, but it's it's also very time consuming. And she's a working professional. Her husband's a working professional. They have four kids and they hire me to do one of the trips and then they do the other trip themselves. And they choose obviously the one that doesn't require as much complexities. They kind of plan themselves and they have me plan the other trip. But now they're shifting to have me planning both because they recognize that they can use our services in different ways for different trips. And it's really I agree, Samantha, when I followed that mission statement, I didn't necessarily know it would lead to more success. But you're absolutely right. It ended up creating a more successful company by allowing my services to touch more consumers as a as
0: a obviously very successful businesswoman and successful successful in multiple different arenas um first of all you made a a pretty big jump from forensic accounting and consulting to starting your own travel agency that's that's not a that's not a a linear path that people think is something that's going to happen regularly so i guess my question is twofold like first of all How did you how did you get yourself to where you felt comfortable taking that leap and and, um, having that faith in yourself that this was a move you wanted to make? And then as a as a working mom, woman, business owner, um, mentor, boss, Mm -hmm. what constitutes success to you? How do you define success?
2: Yeah. First of all, it was proof of concept that allowed me to leave. One of my biggest accomplishments as a consultant was watching some of the employees that I supervised or managed become successful. They actually are more successful than I was and for a good 10 year period. And I had I felt like I had something I played a big part in that because I encouraged them to pursue other things. I saw that they didn't have that accountant type mindset, and and I, you know, highly recommended one of them to go off to uh, graduate pro, go into a graduate program, and then they ended up getting into marketing and and played a big part into that in developing the strategy behind marketing becoming more analytical. So she is a marketing executive who combined her skill sets in accounting and her creativity and has been very very successful. And I think watching the people that I helped mentor become successful gave me the confidence to make the leap myself. And then I would say once I made that leap, what made it a successful leap? It didn't start out successfully, in my opinion. It was no
1: business does.
2: No, it was a little bit of a hot mess for a couple of reasons. Uh, Obviously, we did. I started my business. It got up and running and it was really becoming a successful company. And then we got the pandemic hit. So that was another big hurdle. But prior to that, the reason why it wasn't successful and it still is a little bit of a struggle, is that I had a responsibility to my children. And there was a lot of times where I had to put work first because I was learning the industry. And I wanted to grow fast because to me, it wasn't about being a travel advisor. I didn't really want to be a travel advisor. I wanted to be a travel agency where I could hire employees and really elevate uh, the company through my coaching um, and my process, like my ability to really help other people strategize on how they're going to be successful. So you, in order to be the one responsible for creating those opportunities for other people, one of the things I'm trying really hard to do is making sure the things that that kept me from being successful are allowing my team to be successful. So I want them to have work-life balance. I want them to put family first. I want them to work in a team environment where they can collaborate. And when they take on vacation, they turn their email um, you know, off and they allow someone else on our team to service their clients. And I'm also coaching and teaching our clients to be receptive of that. We're in travel. We work with you to take time off of work to be with your families. So it's important that I offer that same experience to my team. I love so, that.
1: So- I love that so much. And leading by example and being that boss that your your team can really look up to and go, okay, you know what? Like we're all in this together because you're going to get such a much better desired result than a burnout staff that's got a really terrible job. So- I love everything that you're doing. And I really love the part where you said the success of other people is what made you realize, you know what, you could do it and you could get out there and make this happen. So now I want to talk about what is it like to be in an industry where the people and the vendors that you depend on suck so royally, so often, and and it really makes your job 10 times harder. I mean, you see constantly airlines are terrible and you know, it's just a disaster all around, all over. I mean, how hard has that got to be?
2: Really hard. Being the boss is really hard. And then dealing with problems that you didn't create, but have to take responsibility for is really hard. Yeah. And I think you got to be really level-headed and you have to recognize what's in what's in your control, what's outside of your control. And I think our Probably our expertise boils down to problem solving. You have to be a good problem solver. And I. this is something I coach my team on all the time. Like just because the airline caused the problem or the hotel, for whatever reason, put our client in the wrong room category, even though we confirmed it two or three times, the confirmation number states that they're supposed to have connecting rooms or they're supposed to be in a a junior suite with a view and balcony and the hotel has failed us, that has happened. We have to always stand behind our suppliers, including the airlines that are not always our friends, because we are not going to be able to meet our clients' expectations if we don't take responsibility for that. And our job is to overcome those hurdles. Because at the end of the day, if the airlines derailed our clients' trip, and we don't try to course correct that, the overall experience is impacted. So we have to take responsibility for things, even though it's outside of our control, and then work with our suppliers to establish improvement and best practices so that the joy in doing that is maybe a year from now, we might have a a small role in why the airlines are making improvements. And I really do believe that small companies like mine If we build relationships with the right people with our suppliers, we actually can find things, changes that are being made, whether it's to an airline's website or to their terms and conditions or a supplier takes our advice. And to be part of that change and movement of improvement is very rewarding.
1: I love it. And I love your energy and your positive outlook, because I can tell you, uh, I have been on one of those receiving ends of a horrible flight experience as Stacy, and we, many of us have
0: has these days. Right? I
1: mean, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're like excited when your flight's not canceled, but mm. at the same time, like, you, you know, the shoe can always drop. So Angie, as we wrap here, tell us where our listeners can come and find you. What is your website and what is your
2: Instagram? Absolutely. So our website is travelbta.com. So stands for travel uh, and then boutique travel advisors, just the acronym and our social media channels uh, follow that same uh, name. So it's at travel BTA. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. We also have a private Facebook group where there's great content shared in our in a very, you know, in a comfortable uh, space where people can be inspired by each other. And you can find us on LinkedIn and you can also email us at info at BTA. And on our website, there's also a form you can fill that fill out if you want to have a discovery call with our travel advisors to book your next uh, dream vacation.
1: You're fantastic. I feel inspired to get online and figure out where our next vacation now, is. now I now I want to take a trip. I've got a uh, African safari on my vision board, and I think it's on Stasis uh-huh. too. So, Angie, okay,
2: that is. I told my team, like I'm not selling as much travel or working as mu- as often with new clients. For example, my goal is to, um, you know, build up the expertise of our team members and have them take more of our new clients but if there's any destination that I'll probably never give up and that would be safaris. I, I love it. I love planning that adventure. We
1: we're, we're going to be in touch you and you and I. Um everybody, let's get out there plan a vacation before the end of the year and hopefully go see our girl Angie. Be inspired.